guest today is Mike Mahalski. He's the owner and founder of Sons of Liberty Gunworks down there in Texas. And I haven't been doing intros. We quit doing the intros, but then I'm noticing without the intro of our guest, it's awkward for our guest. <laughs> so I'm start. I'm going to start just at least saying who you guys are. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah. So how how are you? How's uh? How's Texas? Man, it's a. Uh... It's great. I think we're I think we're one of the last holdouts. You know, I mean, you know, down here like taxes are still good, property values are still good, gas prices don't suck, gun laws are pretty decent. You know, it works. It's uh, I I, I like Texas. We're trying to pass constitutional carry right now. We'll see how that goes. Mm. I thought isn't Texas already like a open carry state? What's the difference? What's constitutional carry? Yeah, so we are an open carry. Constitutional carry means that you don't need to actually go through a licensing process. So you don't need to go get a permit. You don't have to, you know, go through all that. If you can, if you can legally own a gun, you can carry it without the need for uh, licensing or permitting. Okay, okay, yeah. Because here in Idaho, our gun laws are pretty decent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kevin, Kevin knows more about it than I do. He's being. I mean, you have your concealed weapons and all that. Yeah. Yeah, like you really don't even technically need it. Um, but I did it. Yeah. Um, like I, like in Alaska, I didn't need it either. I was stationed there and I still did it just because the difference there is like here, you don't tell a fucking cop if you have a gun, if he pulls you over Yeah. in Alaska, if it's not the first thing you say, it can be a felony. Mm. Like before yeah. you say anything, I have a fucking gun in the vehicle. I don't know. I used to like just some wild natives up there that will shoot your ass. <laughs> if, if I've ever been pulled over and I did have a gun in the car, I always tell him just, yeah, I would just anyway. cause I'm like, I want him to feel comfortable too. You yeah. know what I mean? I've always been like, hey, just so you know, there's firearms in the vehicle. But so, like in, in in Texas, as soon as they run your plates, it tells the officer if you have uh, a, a carry, you know, permit. Okay. So, I mean, I gotta tell you, yeah, I mean, you know, depending on where you're at, certain municipalities. I mean, uh, it's like anything else. I mean, our our bigger cities are pretty blue, and and some departments are not uh, are a little bit less gun friendly. So. It's probably a good idea to mention that you have a gun just to kind of put everybody at ease because mm-hmm. sometimes these folks get a little jumpy. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, are, are you from Texas originally? Have you always lived in Texas? Yeah, born and raised, man. I I, I spent most of my life wanting to get out of here. I, you know, I, I spent a little time on the West Coast, but uh, no, nah, man, Texas is home, and I, I love it actually. Yeah, I've I've only been to Texas once. I went to Austin, which is a cool city. I mean. It, it kind of reminds me of a bigger version of where we live here in Boise. Um, my brother-in-law lives down there and I really, and back when I went, that was what, four, I think four years ago, it was so clean. They didn't have a homeless problem. <laughs> I guess that's changed in the past few years. Uh, it's a little different, man. I mean, Austin's nice. It's a fun town. It's, it's like, it's vibrant. It's active. Like I live in San Antonio. It is not, it is none of those things. Right. I mean, so it's, it's kind of a, yeah, San Antonio is kind of a fat city. Um, mm-hmm. but, no, but I mean, but, yeah, Austin has changed a lot just in the last couple of years. The homeless situation, they've the the police department there got their budget cut by thirty three percent. So Damn. you have a new car, you want to see how fast it can go, man. You know, thirty five down Austin, no one's pulling you over. Yeah, that's that's it's crazy because, like I said, when I went there just a few years back, man, I was thinking because I've never. I've never wanted to live anywhere else other than Idaho. I love it here. And I went to Austin and I'm like, man, I could live here. This is a really cool city. Cause it, it reminds me of Boise and the fact that like, it doesn't take you, you don't have to go far to get out of the city. 
you can drive in your you're in hill country over there i guess is what it's called yeah and, and what's cool I, 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 the reason why texas works and the reason why i, I like austin is it is like it's this it's this big dot of blue in a huge sea of red right so i mean you know you have some of the the, the weirdness and the i guess the creativity and some of the stuff that mm -hmm. you associate with that but it's still locked in a red state so they can't they can't just arbitrarily make crazy fucking laws you yeah. know mm -hmm. so it, it works it's like it's like a good balance how long we can keep that i don't know man i think it's starting you know i think the, the demographics are changing a little bit for the whole state so yeah yeah boise's pretty similar boise's kind of a blue dot in the middle of a big red state i think that's good because you get a mix of people and I think uh, yeah. the more diversity you have somewhere is a better thing most of the time. It, yeah, and we have preemption laws, right? So, I mean, no matter how crazy a city goes, they can't uh, they can't override state law. So we still have that, you know, insulation. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's yeah. I, I, I've never been anywhere but Austin. I would like to go to some more spots in Texas. Check it out because I've I've heard yeah. I mean, I've heard good things about San Antonio too. Mm -hmm. I've heard. Yeah. Is a good town, man. If you're ever down this way, you need to come check out the shop. And Hell yeah, see what we do. We have a bar in the shop, so like, <laughs> <laughs> if you can get your guns, get a, get a couple shots of tequila, it'd be good. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's you know, I I grew up with guns in the house. I grew up around them. I hunted, but that's like as far as my my history with guns goes is hunting. And then you have someone on the other side of it, like Kevin, who carried them for a living. And knows a lot more about them than I do, but I've I've been following you guys for quite a while, and the guns you guys build are fucking badass. Just the look of them is badass. the The yeah. way your guns look, and it's I kind of I want to dig in with you on like kind of how you started started your company and all that. We'll get to that, but but yeah, like Kevin knows the in the, like you know guns better than me, mm -hmm. a hundred like by a hundred times. But I, I can look at one and be like, fuck, that looks cool. And when I see what you guys are building, that's what I think, you know? I appreciate that, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's cool. And I, and I, it's what I really like too about, you know, yeah, being a Bravo for, you know, a sniper in the army. And then now like being a senior in the physics program, like, oh, I know all the equations to run if I wanted to go build a round based on barrel length to create a certain muzzle velocity. Like if I wanted to go create subsonic ammunition, I know exactly which grains to go to at what grain of round, you know, and I know I can estimate with pretty severe accuracy, like here's how quiet it's going to be. If I'm shooting at hundred meters, probably after 150 meters, it might tumble. Right. But if you can get a silent fucking killing shot off at hundred meters and no one knows about it, that's awesome. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, the, there, there's your next gun builder right here. Yeah. He's a physics major. You need and, any physics majors down there? <laughs> <laughs> but the fact that we live, we still fortunately live in a country you can do that. Maybe not in the future, you know. But um, Fuck, dude. yeah, it's a, yeah, we're we're in for a weird couple of years on that front, man. But, yeah, you know. So like, you know, hearing what you're talking about for building ammo and that level of predictability, that's a, there's it, it, it's very similar to what we do in the sense that. Uh, if, if you want a high level of predictability of performance, everything has to be the same every time. It, you know that consistency, that boring consistency, is really what really what sets you know brands apart. Uh, you know, like it's a it's a it's a truly known quantity, and so that, you know there's there's a lot of that crossover. And, and, the, and the more you can keep that formula the exact same, you know, the more you can kind of 
guess you know guess what that thing's going to do over over a, a you know a long long period of time over when you know introducing new variables to it, it should still overcome all that yeah yeah that's yeah. the it's it's cool too like talking about just like your company in general because right now it's got to be kind of hard for you guys with social media that's the way to promote yourself but nowadays with guns it's a weird world i mean some some pages are still up and have had no issues but like we've had that happen with us i was just like sharing an episode we had with a certain guest and they had it was a picture of them holding a rifle and it got taken down i'm like what the and it said illegal activities and i'm like dude this guy's on a range he's doing nothing illegal he owns these guns like what's the illegal nature of the of a picture but so like with a company like yours how is that going for you guys that, that's my morning ritual dude i get up and make a cup of coffee and i go make sure my instagram page is still there you know <laughs> that that that's like that's how we live um and i've noticed that like their algorithms have gotten a lot more sensitive over like last month because uh i've noticed posts being taken down and, and look this is i mean i do this for a living i mean i, mean, I, I use social media professionally to uh, market the brand. I've been I've been walking this tightrope for years. I know what not to say. There are certain words you don't put. There are certain things you just don't put. And we understand that. And so we don't do it. It's not like we oh once in a while make a mistake. Like we we don't do that. And if you start noticing posts coming down, it's not because my content has changed. It's because whatever that fucking algorithm is. Has, has changed. And the problem is that there's not like a human being that oversees it. And, 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 you know, and even if there was, I don't know if it would help, you know, considering who, considering, you know, the mindset of, of whoever's on the other end of that thing, but it's a, it's an algorithm, you know, and they set it to certain things. And these algorithms have gotten so sophisticated that you don't even have to use the words anymore. I mean, you know, they, they can pick up the image of a gun. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And so, you know, I've seen people have their posts taken down because they had a poster on the wall behind them. Uh, with the image of a gun, you know, and it, it, it's that's tough. It's not just social media, man. I mean, I don't think a lot of people realize how how hard it is to be in this industry. You know, like Bank of America, Chase Bank, uh, Square, PayPal, Venmo, uh, Google. You know, you can't boost on social. I mean, like all of the you know uh, Salesforce, uh, Shopify. There's all these massive, really helpful business tools that we cannot use, and we haven't been able to for years. You know, I mean, I've had my personal bank accounts closed down that aren't even related to my business. My uh, my girlfriend got her Venmo and PayPal shut off because we have the same address, like home mm-hmm. address. Uh, so it's it's tough, man. I mean, this is you know, it's it's hard to do business like that. Yeah, I I could imagine. I mean, when when your whole business and your whole life revolves around that's what you do for a living is you're building guns and now guns are becoming taboo on online anyways. The online thing's a weird thing, man, because it's so different than the real world. You know, I don't think guns are that taboo in real life. And I don't think most people, even some liberal people, they like guns. And I'm sure you've dealt with that being a seller of guns. I'm sure you've sold to people who are quote unquote liberal, but yeah. I'm, yeah. The, the fastest demographic for gun ownership right now are, uh, minorities, women, LGBT. I mean, it, this is it, the, the the old stereotype of like Bubba out in the woods. That's long gone. I mean, like yeah. the, the, the gun owning demographic is very diverse, and it's you know a lot of people on the political left are arming up, and uh, which is which is fine. The Second Amendment's for everyone, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, 
not my job to, you know, say who qualifies. But the point is, is that guns are, are, are becoming a, a lot more mainstream than people realize. And I think the, the people up in their ivory towers that run some of these social media companies, if, if maybe they haven't figured that out yet, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, they're not in touch with reality anyway. Yeah. And they're, and I say fuck them anyway, because I haven't, let me think about this for a second. <laughs> nope. Sorry. I had to compute. Um, <laughs> None of them have life experience. What I would consider life experience. What John Moss would consider life experience, right? Or anybody like you. Um, these guys go from high school to college right into what the fuck they're doing. Where have they really struggled? Financially struggling when you're in your early 20s? Who gives a fuck? Everybody does that. That's not struggle. They've never really suffered or struggled. And if they want to come at someone like me and say they have, like, cool, let's have a personal conversation and talk about your fucking struggle relative to mine or yours or somebody else's. They don't have that. They don't have that perspective. You know, go from there, have the ability with your ego to be malleable enough to go from what you're doing right now to go work, I don't know, a hard-ass fucking construction job with maybe a bunch of guys you've had hard lives or they're felons, whatever, but they're good dudes. Go to that for a few months. Get some new perspective on life. Like, oh, shit, these are real people. You know, they live in your, like I said, ivory towers. They're just so disconnected and they try to pretend like they're not like, mm-hmm. no, you are, you, you've had it fucking easy, right? Now, relative to other people, everything's relative. Um, and I don't think donating to charities or third world countries makes them better because it's a fucking tax write-off. We live in a religion of capitalism. Everything's a fucking tax write-off. So I don't care about, I don't care about their money. I don't care about their political views because they're all bullshit to me and people that, are more down to earth, you know, that have life experience. That's just my take on that. Well, and like I said, including like the people that have gone straight from education into say tech or, or social media networking, all that. Yeah. It's not real. It's just not, they haven't had real life experience. Like you were just saying, that's maybe not all of them. Maybe somebody's had real life experience that works at Instagram. Who knows? But it's, it's not real. The shit people put on Instagram isn't real. Like we've talked about this multiple times. My personal Instagram, I put the cool shit of my life on there. Yeah. That's what it's for. And I think it's cool you see some people put their their, you know, down times and stuff on on their on social media, which, you know, respect to them for doing that, but it's fake. The whole thing's fake. The best thing yeah. I think for social media you're, you're, what's that? Yeah, you're you're framing you're framing a very specific image, you know, and you're you're kind of playing a character. You know, that, yeah. that's really what it is. I mean, you have and, and, and I think that's why uh, I think that's why you see some of the attitude you you know when everybody freaked out because and, I, and I'm not trying to get political it's not a political statement it's just a statement of it's an observation of a phenomenon like when people freaked out that Bernie Sanders didn't win the nomination you know they thought you know hey that, that must have been rigged or stolen right or maybe that Twitter isn't exactly a good reflection of what the voting demographic really looks like. You know, you might have like very loud, uh, you know, far fringe people on one side or the other voicing opinions on Twitter, but that doesn't necessarily reflect where like, you know, people in the rust belt, you know, might, might feel right. So yeah, there's a, there's this false reality on social media. And I gotta go, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a step further, man. I don't know if some of these people are actually uh, like Zuckerberg or I don't know if these guys are, are ideological or if it really comes down to uh, like perfecting consumerism, 
right? Really? So, you know, I don't like most ideological people don't amass billions of dollars. You know, like if you're really principled, usually you live in a van down by the river. <laughs> you know, yeah. You've taken some fucking hard, hard line stance and like, and that's usually not lucrative. It, whenever you see Bezos and uh, the fucking Twitter dude and, and, and these other guys, when they're amassing billions of dollars, that's not ideology. That's, that has that is streamlining and perfecting the the, the method of consumerism. Yeah, and you know, like and I, I look at stuff like 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 fucking COVID. You know, like why can't we talk about uh, you know this thing might have come from China or might have come from a fucking lab or you know or it's not as bad as you think. Well, because like the, the more you can freak people out, the more they stay at home, the more they fucking search and fuck around on Facebook, the more they order stuff from Amazon. And I mean, I would imagine that COVID was really good for these people. Yeah. You know? And so if you're curating that message, is it because, uh, you know, they're, they're ideologically one way or the other, or is it like the perfect model for, for forcing shit out of your fucking throat <laughs> for to buy? You know? Yeah. yeah I, I think you're right. You know, like when it comes to these big companies like Amazon or whatever, it's consumerism. They, they've found a way to keep making money and a lot of it. And they're just continuing down that path and fuck anybody who that screws over, yeah. which like guys like you, who your whole living is building and selling guns. Right. And well, fuck that guy. He doesn't matter. Cause we have all these other people make, we're making money off of. And that's, well, that's why I called it. Actually, I, I stole that by the way, from when John Doherty was on my buddy, because he called it the religion of capitalism. Yeah. And it's not just a blanket statement. He had a good point when he said that because he's talked about it like off camera before about it. Like, because religion in the past, what do like Roman Catholics do? They control. Like, if you thought the world was, if you said the world was rotating around the sun, or, excuse me, revolving around the sun, you were burned at the stake, right? You control the way people think and their, their thoughts and their emotions essentially by force. Mm-hmm. That's why it's a religion. So, that kind of religion. So you have that same control you see in capitalism. They're directing you one way to buy and not the other way. And you believe in it. Yeah. Cause now you're taking a stance against guns and for something else for yeah. Reese's pieces and fucking donuts <laughs> because they're getting pushed yeah. in your face. Yeah. So that's why yeah. I call it, it is a good point to be the religion of capitalism. Yeah. Right. And you, like a, you, you, you curate data and you, 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 you crack opinion. The, the most bullshit argument that I see that, or like the, like the repeated talking piece, and it's been like this for, for years, is like, you know, the greed of the gun industry and like the greed of the gun lobby. And like, first of all, you know, the NRA, which is the gun lobby, their lobbying budget is $5 million a year. Hmm. You know, if you go compare that to big pharma or, you know, oil and gas or teachers union, they're spending, you know, three, four, five hundred million dollars a year. Right, that's what lobbying looks like. Five five million dollars doesn't buy you shit in Washington. Not when you compare it to like we're guns are so far down the line in terms of actual lobbying dollars. It would it would shock most people, and, and I encourage people to go look it up. You know, go look up at Open Secret, and they publish all donations made to everything and every lobbying contribution. Another thing too, man, is like the gun industry is like one of the last bastions of our grandparents' capitalism. I mean, it's made up of all, the backbone of the gun industry is like smaller companies, independently owned gun shops, you know, small manufacturers, even the big guys in our industry, even the biggest guys in our industry, like Ruger is a publicly traded company. If you look at their CapEx, like 
like a billion dollars. You know, mm. Go compare that to Google yeah. or Facebook or Exxon. Like, you know, when I said the greed of the gun industry, it's kind of, it, it feels a little disingenuous whenever it's Mike Bloomberg saying that and he has more money uh, than the entire industry combined. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, and then you get like to the side where, things like social media aren't completely bad because that's how I found your company was on social media. I, I had heard, I've heard about you guys for quite a few years and a lot of that has to do with a lot of the guys I follow. You're involved with things like that, but that's how I found out about you was through social media and then, and also podcasting, which podcasting is kind of a still the wild west on most podcasts. You know, you can talk about pretty much anything depending mm-hmm. on where you're distributing your podcast. I know YouTube will demonetize and stuff depending on what you talk about, but like I, I heard you, I think it was on, uh, it was on Wes Whitlock's podcast. You sat down with him, and yeah. I've, I've been following that guy for years. And so through, and that's yeah, I found him through social media. So social media is not all bad, but it's bad when it, when it, you know, quote unquote, censors guys like you who are just trying to make a living. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah and that's the, the the problem is that you know we've all become so dependent on it. I mean, there, there's no, there's really no viable alternatives right now. Um, and we've become dependent on them. And this is how we stay in touch. This is how we get our messages out. And, uh, it's a lot of my libertarian friends make this fucking stupid false equivalent argument about like the, well, what about the, the baker that refuses the, you know, the gay wedding cake, Mm -hmm. you know, like, well, a business should be able to refuse the right. And it's a private, no, fuck that dude. If, if you don't like your baker, there's like 20 of them down the block <laughs> yeah. that are truly viable alternatives that you can go use. And furthermore, like it's not like Facebook is refusing our money or refusing to do business with us the way the baker might refuse the the, the gay couple. The, the A more accurate argument would be like Facebook agreeing to bake your cake and then showing up to the fucking wedding and smashing it. <laughs> yeah. That's a more reasonable argument because, dude, we do pay Facebook. We pay Facebook with our content, right? That's yeah. how that's what people are on there to watch. We pay them with their information and our data and our, you know, them mining our behavior. So we are paying these guys, and you know, and then they've accepted this and they've let us stand up these companies only to pull them back down. That's the equivalent of baking the cake and and then this motherfucker jumping off the roof or something and smashing it. Yeah. So, like it's a false equivalency, and like I, it, un, until something gets done about that, until there's some sort of antitrust type of uh, lawsuit or something brought against big tech, man. I mean, I, we're we're in for a fucking rough, rough time. Yeah, yeah and there's you nowhere else it, for, like you said, if if you can't put your stuff out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, any of those, where else are you supposed to go? Because think about it like this too. Like this gets overlooked a lot. It's not so much that they're. Like, it's not so much that they take down your page or they fucking muffle your podcast, right? What they do is they they force you to self-censor. So just because they haven't pulled down my fucking page yet doesn't mean that I'm not already biting my tongue until it bleeds and I can't say the things I want to say. I can't I can't express you know, the things I want to express because I'm afraid that they'll pull it down. Okay, And that would be a major adjustment I'd have to make in, in, in business. So I'm self-censoring. So they're already silencing me and you and everybody else that might have a differing opinion without having to take on their page. It's a, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a bit of a predicament. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, it's a, it's a weird world. And like nowadays, that's 
that's the way you advertise is social media. That's the best way to advertise. Mm-hmm. I mean, people don't listen to radio ads anymore. Maybe they, maybe they, podcasting they, is like the closest thing to that. Yeah, but. and I and I know Baker was. I don't want to disagree on there because I had to think about it. I want to. I don't want to disagree and talk out of my ass. Yeah. So I had to like really think about it and research because he was still on the point of the best way to market is face or not face uh, emails. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, they do like. Black Rifle has nice emails. I said that like they do. But I don't fucking check my email. Yeah. I check my email to make sure my professors are getting back to me when I have a question. That's about it. Well, I think in the younger younger generation, emails. When you say younger, is, but we're both in our 30s. Yeah. But I mean, our generation and I younger. I look at my fucking email. I only look at my email now for, for this podcast for business reasons. Right. And then everything else, I just kind of push to the side. But we we check the email because it's a, it's a decent way to pass information yeah. for links for Zoom like this. Yeah. But it's because it's already a social norm. There's already a hegemony in place with email. Yeah. If there wasn't, we wouldn't take it that seriously. But since the people are already doing it, we continue to already mm-hmm. do it. We can't just change the standard overnight, right? Well, that's the thing. Like, who knows? Maybe something new will come along someday that will make it easier for guys like you who are trying to promote right. your business. But for now, it's like you said, you got to kind of self-censor and do what you can to get your your business out there like you hopping on podcasts i think it's huge yeah because like i said i heard you i've heard you on a couple podcasts and i think i heard you with another one you went on the drinking bros podcast and yeah. i i listened to that one and that was right about the time me and you started talking because when we're we're booking people on this podcast like like we were just saying i see them online that's all i know is their social media you don't get much from that and I'm the. I think one of the best places right now to f- really find out about somebody if you don't know them in person is a podcast, because people tend to be vulnerable on a podcast. They'll talk about their life. You kind of hear a little bit more about them. And so that's what I've been doing with some of our guests, including you. I was like, well, what other podcast has he been on? Because I also, if I don't really know you, I don't want some wacko coming on my podcast. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I want to get on and be like, okay, I want to hear this guy actually have an open conversation with somebody else before I sit down and talk with him. And I, I think that was a good one that you were on was the Drinking Bros because they do have a big, a big reach. But it was it was cool to hear you on there kind of talk about what you do, and I kind of learned a little bit about you. I'm, okay, I like this guy. Let's 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 get this get this going. Yes, yeah, so I want to revisit that too. Like your story. Yeah. I know you 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 had to eat some shit for a while. Yeah. Let's let's talk know? about it. like so. How did the conception of Sons of Liberty Gunworks start? Like, what did you do before that? Oh man! So I was a I was a bookie. Really? <laughs> I, 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 I ran like I ran card games. Uh, you know, like I mean, all bullshit aside, man, Sons Liberty is probably like the first honest job I've ever had. <laughs> and, and I think people freak out. I mean, people that know me don't freak out. They're like, "Yeah, that fucking sounds about right." Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I mean, you know, I, I was always a when when I was a kid. You know, you know, I'd be out hunting with my dad or we'd be out in the fields or something. And, you know, whenever you're five years old and it's dark and you're in the woods, like the idea of a lion or tiger or bear is absolutely real to you. Right? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, fine. I mean, when you're five, that is a real possibility, you know. And my, my dad kind of instilled in me like, hey, if you have a good rifle, you are the deadliest thing in the woods. You are the apex predator. You you are the scariest thing out here. You know, if you have a good rifle and you're, you know, and, and, and that always kind of stuck with me, like the, the, the self-reliance and that uh, being armed 
gives you. And so I, it was just, it was a really profound thing. I guess once I clicked in my whole life, that was, you know, I was, I was a really big you know, gun nerd. And, um, you know, I, I was kind of looking for direction in my life. My, my, my brother was, was an active duty SEAL at the time. He, he, had, he just retired. He spent 22 years in the teams and, uh, he kind of sat me down and, and kind of gave me the idea to, Hey, why don't you start a gun company? And we started looking at names that communicated the personality of what we wanted to do, which was, you know, the founders and the, the, the spirit of revolution and the spirit of, uh, like defiance for a cause, you know? Um, and, and that was it. So like suddenly I, I came home from San Diego after a trip with him and, and that, that I met my business partner kind of like through a, a, a random friend. And, and we stood up at the time, this is a true story. Uh, I was building guns in my garage and I was sending them, I was sending like the team guys and Marines and uh, the ATF visited me. It was like, Hey fucker, like, you, you shipped 50 guns last month to the state of Alaska alone. Uh, you need to get a license. Yeah. <laughs> so, so between like that conversation with my bro and then you know, the ATF, I, I, I got a license and Sons Liberty Gunworks was born. And that was six years ago. You know, we, we uh, I, I sold my car at the time. And, and I, after I paying off a few debts that I had, I, we I had like $6,000. My business partner put up a, uh, an unused, building that they had on his lumber yard and, and that was it six years ago you know and just through bootstrapping we became a you know a national brand mm. one of the best growing gun companies in the country awesome yeah you know it's you you are a big name brand because we we've booked quite a few people on this podcast and like other people in just my regular life i'll tell them like hey we got this person coming up soon we got this person and some of the people i've mentioned just like the everyday person's like, oh, I've never heard of that company. I've never, almost everybody I've mentioned Sons of Liberty Gunworks to has been like, oh, fuck, I know, I know who they are. I know I know their guns. So, I mean, you, you guys are out there. People people know about you, which is good. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, it's a good feeling, man. I mean, I, I get, you know, I travel the country for work and I, you, know, you walk into a, you walk into a gun store in a city you've never been to before and, you know, there's your product on the wall. It's, it's neat to see an idea that came out of your head, you know, manifest itself like that. And then not, not just to exist, but you know, we're, our, our guns sell faster than the others, right? If, if, if Brownells gets 200 of our rifles in before you can hit refresh, they're gone. Mm. And yeah, it has a lot to do with the current climate for guns, but I can tell you that our shit goes before everything else. And that's a, that's a good feeling. Yeah. You know, you're doing something right. Well, I mean, so, we, we yeah. never spent a penny on marketing, man. You know? Yeah, and I was going to say, it's. I've noticed in the last 10 years has been a huge shift in not only guns, but in guns, like, for instance, like before 10 years ago, I may go look at POF or GA Precision for something. And in the last 10 years, I'm like snooping around you guys. I'm sleeping around like battle arms development out of like Henderson, Nevada guys like that. Like you guys just produce cool shit that you can tell there's passion in it. It's not just vanilla. It's not, Hey, we, had, we made a, we made a piston operated version that fails half the time. Cool. POF. Thanks. You know, like not the bad mouth anybody. It's just like, but when you guys, I feel like you guys like battle arms, you have quality control and you have a great product. The product looks cool. There's originality in it. 
you know, versus just going to the big companies. These big companies are just kind of, they're not really moving forward because it's, it's a, it's almost like it's a, you know, it's just too big. Maybe there's not someone in charge of it with maybe that imagination. I don't know. Well, and also like your guys is, uh, your, uh, warranty program I've heard of. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's pretty, da- like I saw what you posted the other day of that, the house fire that ruined guns. And I guess talk a little bit about that. Cause that's, I've never heard of anybody doing what you guys do like that. Yeah. So we're, 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 we're a forever brand. I mean, in the sense that if you buy a Sons of Liberty rifle, I mean, you know, 30,000 rounds from now, if you shoot that barrel out, we're going to replace the barrel. You know, if that gun is lost, damaged or destroyed, you know, we're going to replace it. If you shoot somebody with that gun in a justified self-defense shooting, I will send you a loaner while that thing's in evidence. You know, and uh, and it's kind of a, look, unapologetically, we build fighting guns. We build defensive guns, right? And so people kind of are surprised when I talk about, like, the replacement for evidence stuff. But I mean, the whole point of what we're doing is life-saving tools. And if you do, and, and that's just a fact, if you shoot somebody, you know, that thing's probably going to go away for a while. And, and we want to like, you know, stand by the customer, not just by the product. And, and, and people ask me, well, how do you, how do you afford to do it? How do you afford to replace, you know, barrels and stuff? Well, if you're the kind of dude that shoots that hard, that you can actually shoot a barrel out of an M4, then I want to keep you shooting. Whether you know it or not, you're a brand ambassador for me. You're selling a lot of guns uh, for yeah. me, whether you know it or not. That means you're taking that many courses, you're training that hard. People probably come and ask you gun advice because you're that guy. Huh. And it behooves me to keep that fucking dude shooting. And it works out for the client and it works out for me. And and that's it. And, and I mean, every gun that leaves the shop has a certificate of the armor who built it the other secondary armor test fired and QC'd it, it has my signature and it has my partner's signature. And when you send a product out like that with that level of ownership that you can actually call on the phone and, and ask the armor who built it what went wrong if, you know, God forbid that gun were to ever fail. I mean, imagine the level of responsibility you put into every product that leaves. You know, yeah. your, your fucking name is on it. You know, mm-hmm. it's not just some box store, you know, whatever. Not just that, dude. A lot of these gun companies, once they reach a certain size, they're run by dudes in pleated trousers and, you know, dudes with calculators. They're not run by shooters anymore. Okay. You know, you, they kind of lose touch with that. That's kind of, the, I guess, maybe the answer to my question from earlier then, yeah. Because mm. I, I feel like there's a huge disparaging, the huge discrepancy between guys like you and then those guys, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we're, you know, we're, we're like, we still we still have company barbecues like every every Friday we, we cook out you know I mean there's still this like small family connectivity and, and that's how you maintain that I mean I think I think you can get to a size where it might be impossible to to maintain that but we're not there and I, I don't think we necessarily ever really want to be you know we're, we're big enough to fulfill any order we're big enough to fulfill any contract that we get but we're small enough to still give a shit and and that's yeah, that's the intangible. I think sometimes. Yeah, yeah. that that matters in any line of business. I think is mm-hmm. is a customer service aspect and the fact that you guys care what you're putting out there. You're not just piecing shit together and here we go. We're making money. We're making money. You you guys still care, which in any line of business is a big deal. Yeah, I think. I mean, you see that 
still with like Black Rifle Coffee. They're becoming pretty fucking big. But it seems like those guys still care about their product, and I think that's why they're successful. And I think guys like you, that's why you're going to continue to have success because you care about what you're putting out there to people, and that's a big deal. But Black Rifle's been a big inspiration for us. I mean, I hear like we're pretty close to JT. I get a lot of advice from my dude, talks quite a bit. He would tell me stories about him and Matt when they were first starting out, and just like randomly like going through their emails and just calling customers, just randomly calling a customer like on a Friday night, like, hello, like, it's Matt Best, you know, yeah. or Jay Gillen and I just, hey, how do you like your coffee? You know, how do you yeah. like your t-shirt? And, uh, I mean, imagine, you know, imagine what that's like for the dude on the other end of the phone. You're like, holy fuck, that's, you know, that's really cool. Yeah. And, and we, we kind of do a lot of the same stuff. I mean, I still give out my personal cell phone number uh, on, uh, you know, chat rooms and, on Instagram and stuff like that. So there's that accessibility that, you know, it, it, it goes a lot further than I think people realize, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's a fact. And I think also doing things like you're doing, going on podcasts, that's cool for your company. Cause in all reality, you probably don't have to go on podcasts. You have other ways of people knowing about you, but you're still putting your name out there through these avenues which that's another thing like guys from Black Rifle do. They still go out and do podcasts. They're, they're getting in touch with their base. Right. And I and the way I view podcasts is I want someone to get something out of it. Mm-hmm. Like we can talk all day about how cool we each of us are, but I'd rather get to the heart of it. Like like philosophically, like who are you as a person? Because mm-hmm. then people hear that and like, no, that guy's fucking cool, which you are. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I'm going to buy a gun. If you made th- a sale of three guns off this podcast alone, that's huge because mm-hmm. now people believe in you. They want your product. People see them with that product. They're like, yeah, I just heard this guy in a podcast. He's fucking badass. He's a cool story. Mm-hmm. And then it keeps on exponentially growing because of something just small and genuine, you yeah. know? Well, yeah. And like, like you, you could have came on here today and been like, I build badass rifles. I'm a badass with a rifle, blah, 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 blah. That's it. But no, you're sitting down you're having an actual conversation, which I think yeah. for a customer base, that's important. Like, that's why I like companies like yours and like Black Rifle because I kind of know a little bit about the people that are running it. Yeah, yeah, and that's why, and that's why I love podcasts. Not not just coming on and being a guest, but I mean actually listening to what you guys are doing. I really, I, I love what you guys are doing. And I mean, there's there's several podcasts that I, I really do follow. I mean, when I'm on road trips or whenever I can't, you know, I'm on a flight or something, I'm usually listening to a podcast. And, and the reason being is because you can't you can't bullshit that. You know, it's not a canned answer. If you ask me a question, I have to, like, we have to have a conversation. It's a dialogue where you can ask follow-up questions to my answer. And I have to know what the fuck I'm talking mm-hmm. about or I have to be telling the truth because you can't prepare for a random follow-up question. That's why podcasts are the most honest form of communication. Fuck Twitter and, and all the other stuff. And then, you know, uh, like the long form interview, I always found it hilarious. Like when you watch Fox News or CNN, and like the the talking heads, like, "Well, oh, you know, well, thank you, Senator. Can you can you just we have 15 seconds left? Can you can you tell us your uh, your plan with China?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like no, I mean, you have to sit down and unpack that. And then there's like again, there's follow up questions, and there's there's discourse, and there's dialogue. And that's why I love that because I mean you can actually really get to understand a subject. You can really get to understand a person, um, and you can't fake it. That 
podcasts are incredibly important. What you're doing, what you guys are doing is incredibly important, you know? So keep, keep killing. How did, how did y'all come together on this? I, I, how long, how long has this been? How long have y'all been doing it? So, so we, we've been friends since we were kids, but 10 years old, dude. Yeah. Since we were probably like 10 years old, we've gone to school together since then. And we kind of, I think we've probably told this story, but we'll tell you. So we drifted apart a little bit. Kevin went off to the military, um, did his own thing, traveled all over the world, all that good stuff. And we kind of drifted apart. Even when he came back home, we, we would just like hang out when all the guys would get together. That was it. Cause we were pretty close as young kids, but we did different things in life and just kind of drifted apart, had our own families and all that good stuff. So we'd get together to watch like fights and, and all that. And then, a few years back, we started to kind of rekindle that friendship that we You're had. Probably at the gym, yeah, yeah, because he he owned a CrossFit gym, and I was going there to work out, and we started to get closer, and and then actually we were both doing Uber at the same time. We were both driving Uber on weekends to make money, and Look, yeah, and we would we'd stop and park in a parking lot and sit and bullshit for fifteen minutes, and we we became real close friends again. So, anyways, that kind of led to we ended up buying homes in the same neighborhood and our kids play together and and we've become real close so for a couple years i've been saying like dude i want to start a podcast i i'm a big podcast fan i listen i'm i'm a driver for a living so i'm i'm in a vehicle a lot and i listen to a lot of podcasts and i also you ask anybody that knows me i will talk your ear off you don't have to even know me i'm gonna talk to you and i'm gonna get to know you (laughs) that's just how i am and how i've always been and sometimes that's good sometimes that's bad but and Kevin, he's really good conversation, that conversation, if he's prompted into that conversation, but he's not going to typically start it. No, I've never made a move on a girl either. <laughs> I never made the first move. Yeah, and he's socially awkward a little bit until yeah. when he's put in the put into being social, he's great at it. And I've told him that forever. Like I'm like, dude, you're great at conversation. It's just you got to get into that conversation. And me, on the other hand, I will, I'll fucking grab someone and say, let's talk. But... I've been saying for a couple of years, like, I want to start a podcast. And, yeah, I could have done it by myself, but I respect Kevin, first of all. I respect his opinion on things. I like his outlook on a lot of things in life. And I was like, dude, if we got together and did this, I think it would work, first of all. our two Because we don't agree on everything. I mean, there's stuff we disagree on, too. And I think our two opinions on shit together would be all right. And especially if we're bringing on a guest to talk to. it's just a dynamic of our two personalities and our guest. And he didn't think I was really going to do this. I, I I was saying, cause I got a little more serious about just a little uh, August, September. Yeah. About August last year I was saying, dude, I'm like, let's start it. It was COVID was going on and shit. And I'm like, I got to thinking, I'm like, dude, I've always wanted to do this. Like, and things like COVID where it shuts down being able to do shit. I was like, I don't want it to be too late and not be able to do something I really want to try. I also, and I've talked about this on here before, I want my kids to see me go after shit that I want to do in life. And yeah. some something like a podcast is something I've wanted to do. And to some people that might sound stupid, but it's it's just one of those things I always wanted to do. And Kevin's like, yeah, dude, I'm down. But the thing maybe he didn't realize about me, if I get my mind really set to something, I'm going to fucking do it. I'm going to find a way to do it. And so I started buying equipment. I was like, dude, because Kevin's a student right now. He doesn't have a ton of money. I don't have a ton of money. But I was like, I'll start buying the equipment. You don't worry about it. I'm going to start buying it. I just want you to come along for the ride because I 
like I said, I respect his opinion on shit and I know he can be a valuable part of this. So last September we, we fired it up, man. And we had shitty microphones. We had, it was, we didn't know what we were doing and we, uh, we just kept going. And at first it was just like our friends we were talking to, we'd bring on people we knew. And that's kind of just over the past, what, seven months now Yeah, has rolled into people like yourself who we're interested in, who we want to sit down and have a conversation with. And over this past seven months, we've gotten better mics. We're trying to make it better every, every episode. So that's kind of a long story, but that's how long we've been doing it and why we started it. And yeah. Short story long, dude. Yeah. That's me, man. That's another thing. If anybody knows me, they, they know that I will fucking drag a story out because I, I, I like detail, but, but you got to make it cooler. Like, dude, like, <laughs> Like the first few episodes, we were naked. I mean, we had yeah, a, we didn't have a camera, so nobody really. Yeah, knows. We, were, we we were doing OnlyFans, cooking naked, but <laughs> but no, uh, and you know, with the podcast thing, like I would love for this to be something we could both do for a living. I mean, I fucking love it, and my friends since I was a kid have always told me you should be a radio DJ or some shit. And <laughs> I don't want to do that, but I do have a kind of a passion for talking to people. And also hearing people's stories, why they built their business, how they built their business, why they do this thing in life, the way they do it. That's where mission prep comes from. It's like the mission of life and what all led you, what prepared you for this. Uh, and dude, what's, what's, what's really cool is that you, you're, you, you become like the gatekeeper for, you know, other people's voices. I mean, like you're providing me with a platform right now to talk about, uh, you know, the gun industry or to talk about the history of some liberty or to talk about, uh, you know, social, whatever, whatever that message is, whatever it is that we're talking about, you're giving me this platform to, to do that. And, uh, what's cool is you can, you can invite anybody you want, man. You're, you're beholden to nobody. You're not, there's not some network who, uh, oh, we can't have this guy on. Like, it. like you can do whatever the fuck you want. You can give a voice to anything you want and flesh out and do. You, know, you might have guests on that you hate. That's great, man. But you know, it's uh, there's there's dialogue. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, even, you know, even discourse is, is very productive and good dialogue. Yeah, it's know? important. So, it's important. Yeah, it's great, man. I'm 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 glad y'all are doing this. I'm glad to see more of my friends kind of like taking a shot at it. And I, you know, I look at guys like Rogan, you know, Joe Rogan, and some other dude. Now they get to now they're like the massive gatekeeper now. Now, if you can get through that gate, you're reaching a lot of people and, you know, start somewhere. Yeah, that, that's a fact. And actually, I remember when I talked to you on the phone, you had told me you, you had met Rogan. And then I saw yeah. on your Instagram the picture of you two together. And yeah. I was like, shit, that, that's a picture I'm using for promotion right there. <laughs> <laughs> That'll catch some attention. But uh, yeah, that's it's cool because doing what you do for a living has probably led you to meet some really cool people as well. That is the coolest fucking thing. It's about, for the record, man, like I, you know, I met Joe for like a brief. We, we sat down, and we had we had a conversation. Like we we met for a little bit. Super cool guy, super gracious dude, man. Like he's a very polite, you know. He's exactly what you'd expect. Like that's that's the best way to put it. He's exactly what you'd expect. Like if you go check out their their situation over there, it really is. I mean, it really is Jamie and Joe, and and it's, it's a it's a couple of dudes that happen to be putting on like one of the biggest, you know podcast and you know, the biggest podcast in the world and it's kind of neat when you think about it. it's like a couple of guys uh and they have more reach than you know the entire infrastructure of like cnn yeah, you know, yeah. Whatever, right so all yeah it's, it's really kind of cool yeah uh, anyways you asked me something what was it oh um 
Fuck me. <laughs> fuck my ass, dude. The memory and blast injuries. When you, when you do this fucking these interviews over a phone, you lose like your train of thought. You you really yeah. do, you really do and also like we've talked about this before too with things like Zoom is it's so hard not to like cut people off and talk over each other cuz there's that little lag, you know, yeah. which today I think we've done okay with. But oh, I I remember. So I just cut you off. Oh see? no, see, go for it. So now I remember. Um, um. So I want to. I mean, I want to know because I'm curious as fuck. But I know it'd be good for I guess marketing too. Like, so to not fall into complacency and become like these other big or corporate brands. Like, do you have any ideas about where you're going to move forward? Like, say your five year plan, right? Like, is there any? How do you want to move forward with your weapons? Like, because there's, are you? Is it come down to design, proficiency, everything? Um, like, I guess, what are your goals with the firearms themselves? Like, not the social media selling. I just mean like the the design, the goes into the the products. Yeah. So, our our mission is the incremental improvement of the platform, in in into increase the lethality of the platform. That's you know, people probably cringe when I fucking say that, but like, this is what we do. We're trying to increase the lethality of the platform. <laughs> yeah. we want to run fucking you know harder further through more adversity to be able to endure more shit and keep functioning you know and in, in, we're talking about guns that, that are built to fucking shoot people i mean that's, that's just the, that's the actual we don't build modern sporting rifles you know right <laughs> so, yeah so uh but it's the incremental improvement of the platform and there's a like the one thing i fucking hate about our industry is that there's a lot of stuff that's new for the sake of being new or it's new for the sake of being marketable but they haven't actually improved anything as a matter of fact i think that a lot of our industry has taken many steps backwards because they've gotten away from the fundamentals and the actual mechanics of how these these guns perform so you know instead of focusing on like the materials or the technique or you know the a lot of the you know i'm not going to get totally gunner but instead of focusing on that you know you 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 come up with some like coating or you come up with some, uh, you know, a cosmetic relief cuts here or some kind of something. And, and you've made the gun marketable at the expense of reliability. When I go teach armorers classes, the first slide on my PowerPoint is priority. Number one, the fucking thing must work. Okay. And anything you do to that gun at the expense of reliability is wrong. I don't care if you're, if you're trying to make it lighter if you're trying to make it more comfortable or faster, like all that stuff is good as long as it doesn't come at the expense of reliability. So you ask what our goal is. Our goal is to keep incrementally improving this gun, okay? And to keep expanding like the culture of what we're doing because it's it's not just about sales. I think it's about bringing people into this idea that ultimately you are responsible for your own fucking safety. Mm-hmm. You know, and not, and, and you're responsible for maintaining your way of life. Uh, you know, whatever that may mean, right? I mean, you know, like the, the whole point of the Second Amendment was to, you know, to have something to defend against tyranny, right? So, uh, expanding the culture is now we know how to build guns. We know how to build guns, and I don't see our formula radically changing because it, it, it works. And one of the things that makes us good is that we're boringly fucking predictable in how we do stuff, right? The goal now for me is to expand that culture, to bring more people into it. Even people that may disagree on other issues, if I can get them to agree on one thing and that's fucking the, the, the natural right to self-defense, well, you 
you've started something, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're, you're building something. So that to me is the five-year plan is to, you know, and, and, and like, we're not, we're now at a point where I can go after some of my passion projects, right? I mean, I build defensive guns professionally, but like my passion is hunting and, you know, precision shooting. And I love bolt guns and I love, and so we are expanding into some of that stuff and we have the infrastructure to do that, you know? So there, there's some neat projects, man, that are coming up. I, you know, I, I'll probably come visit you guys in, in Idaho. There's here y'all are a pretty outdoorsy state. That, yeah. That's a fact. <laughs> yeah. Sorry for the long winded answer. Right. No, man. No, that, that's, that's what this is for. That's what I was looking for. Like I said, I, I nerd out. Like I, I, I actually have a problem with doing the same thing. If someone asks me a question, I'd be like, yeah, it's pretty cool. But then I'm like, well, I better give them some, I better go too deep into this. Give and, some detail. And yeah. I just feel like, oh God, I feel like I'm like some 70 year old man just getting into it. <laughs> but I, I think that's something that's gone away too. Maybe because my parents were like about 40 when I was born, right? When I talk to people, I love talking to people who are 70 and over because there's no rush in the conversation. You know, they're not, they're actually listening to you. And you don't have to expect too much of yourself. Like, oh, I better keep this quick-winded, quick-winded, because mm-hmm. people lose their attention, but I don't. So I like, because I like getting long-winded answers, I like getting them as well, because it lets me know what you're thinking. And you know, it's just maybe a nerd thing, but no. So anyway, no, I definitely actually appreciate that answer versus just like, oh, we're fucking, we're bought, we're badass, and yeah. we know what we're doing. Well, that's just <laughs> what we were saying is, is instead of just coming onto a platform and saying, we plan to be the best company out there and that's it. Like you gave a detailed answer and that's what people are looking for, man. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. yeah. And it's refreshing, man. It's refreshing to hear you guys say that. I, I have noticed that uh, I do find myself like rushing through certain answers or trying to like wrap it up. Uh, but it is nice to talk to people that are interested in what you have to say and vice versa. It's not a series of monologues, right? Yeah. You're not waiting for the other fucking person's mouth to stop moving to make your point. Like, like you're, you're, you're gaining info and you're like that exchange of ideas. That's it's refreshing, man. There's, I wish there was more of that. Yeah. <laughs> me no, too. Well, cause, yeah. Cause that makes me think just even in your answer, because I know just enough about guns that I know there's more information behind that. Like the, the, the real nerd stuff, how you're going to lay these weapons and you know, the, the precision of it. Right. And I'm thinking about like, I have a $400 black, uh, uh, panther arms m4 before they went you know got silt bought or whatever i'm comparing that to your weapons and i'm like okay compared to that that's two different fucking things you can call them both ar platforms m4s whatever but the one i have is definitely not the same thing that you're making (laughs) you know what i mean yeah so you know here's an interesting thing to start i'll I'll give you all guys two little tidbits and and, you know something we we teach I, i teach in class and it's also our approach to guns. And if you if you take this approach, you'll do well. Especially you with your background, man. Being a you know being a sniper, especially this, you'll appreciate this. Every rifle begins its life as a barrel, and we build the rest of that rifle to support that barrel. Right? Everything starts as a barrel, and we build the rest of the platform to support that barrel. If you accept that as a good starting point, then you the next thing you do is you ask yourself, well, what what task do I want to perform? What is the goal? You know, like what, what am I trying to achieve? And usually the task dictates the barrel you should choose, right? I mean, if you're building a home defense gun, maybe 
you know, a 20 inch stainless steel barrel is not the, the, the right choice for your nightstand gun. You know I mean? So when you start working the equation backwards, uh, you, you start coming up with pretty meaningful purpose built answers. And, and it, I think that's a really good approach. Another thing to realize too, is that the average civilian shooter shoots about 300 fucking rounds a year over multiple range trips. So if you're buying stuff that's built for like the commercial market, you're, you're building something that uh, was never intended to be tested or stressed or anything like that, right? So you, it's not built for endurance. Uh, so if you stick to some of the brands that are more performance-based, you look at the guys that are actually going after uh, certain contracts and doing some of that work, that means that those guns have to pass an actual schedule of fire. Like there is some testing protocol that that gun must pass in order for it to be approved into some system, right? Or some, you know, some pipeline. Uh, if you look at brands that do that, uh, you, that's not a bad starting point either. And then look at all the people that don't pursue that stuff. And I'll tell you a little bit about what they're building, you know? So it, like those are a couple of approaches I think to take if you're looking for defensive guns or how to, how to kind of uh, start sifting through the bullshit, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I like that. That's perfect. Yeah. It also kind of going back, like you were talking about long winded answers and all that and, and respecting a long winded answer. Also, another thing I appreciate <clears throat> is how this podcast, I mean, we're putting this out there with a guest with you to promote what you do, but you didn't hesitate to ask us like, why'd you guys start this? And that's cool too. Yeah. Like yeah. you're, you're having an actual con. It's not all just like, we're asking you question after question after question. Right. Like you said, it's not a monologue. It's a real, res- real re- fucking conversation. to each other's fucking, yeah. you know. Yeah, and, and we've been, we've talked about this on here a bunch of times. We've been really lucky with guests. Everybody's been really fucking cool. We've had some good conversations, mm-hmm. but there has been a couple where it's like, they only want to talk about themselves, which is fine. That's what this is for. We're doing this to put people's stuff out there, but it's always nice when someone like yourself, it's a back and forth. You're asking us questions. We're asking you questions. That's, that's real nice. So I appreciate the long winded answers and questions as well. Yeah. But you you guys are cool. Like minded fucking people, man. And you know, I I know you, I know you guys through the internet. Now we're going to get, we're finally, we're having a conversation and we're getting to know each other. And I, I have no doubt that you and I, all the three of us two will probably remain friends. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Like minded fucking people that that you know are willing to talk and listen and can kind of open up, be a little bit vulnerable. You know, talk about shit that's mm-hmm. not camp, right. There's no fucking script here. It's you know you're you're kind of shooting from the hip, and there's something very honest about that. And, yeah, uh, I'm grateful, man. I really am grateful for you guys having me on. Dude, we we appreciate you coming on, and this has been a long time coming. We had a couple supposed to happen a week ago, and. And all that shit, but I'm glad we made it happen. Um, so, I, yeah, I guess we can wrap up. Yeah, just uh, here's where I want you to whore yourself out, though, really quick. You know, obviously your Instagram, Facebook, website, you know, anything you think of to promote yourself. Yeah, yeah. What's well, all, all your social medias? Yeah, so as of right now, I mean, this is it. Like, 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 this could change by tomorrow, dude. <laughs> But uh, but as of right now, uh, Sons of Liberty GW on Instagram, Sons of Liberty Gunworks on Facebook, or some you know SOLGW.com is our website. Uh, we do have a Twitter account. We do have a YouTube account. I, I'm not super active on those platforms, man, but um, but we're on there, and and that's where we're trying to get you know 
and get our message out. And here's the cool thing too. We know the demand for our product is fucking insane. So one of the things I do is I'll like I'll see where our shipping manifests are, what dealers, what distributors our stuff is shipping to, and I'll put that out to our friends and, and followers on social so they can kind of get ahead of it, right? Like I, 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 I would I would rather someone who's like been a diehard supporter of ours for years get the jump on that pallet of guns than perhaps somebody that walks in off the street and uh, doesn't really know about us and happens to get lucky and you know I, 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 I'm not I'm not knocking the like like that person but I'm saying if I can give our friends a heads mm-hmm. up fuck yeah dude yeah you know they, they stood by us since the very beginning and I and the least I could do is try to pass some of the information back yeah 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 that that's a, a cool thing too because you have people that have been supporting you since the beginning so why not man you you they support you you support them that's a that's a good dynamic to have yeah. with with people. In gift number two, man, right now it's the fucking wild west where you know the secondary market for our guns is insane. So, guys, there are people out there that that you know will buy these guns for the sole purpose of throwing them back on gun broker and you know selling them for 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 double, right? So, if I could if I could eke out some of the scalpers and actually. Uh, you know, help some people that might actually be looking for a defensive rifle, like the entire motivation of why I do what I do, mm-hmm. then fuck it, I'm going to do it, man, you know? Dude, fuck yeah. Well, I mean, f- just from texting you the other day, I can tell, like, you try you try to to support other people as well. Like, I mentioned I wanted to buy a damn T-shirt, and you're like, what's your address? I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> I didn't expect that. It was it was cool. So, like, the, the fact that you – what's that? Did it show up yet? Uh, not yet. I don't think so. Who knows? With all the damn packages that come through this house, because my wife, I don't. It might have. <laughs> no, I don't think. I don't think it showed up yet. Also, you need text me tomorrow if it hasn't shown up. So I, I know where to go beat unmercifully, dude. So hell yeah, uh, and then then that's also a cool, a good way to promote too, because I'll fucking wear that shirt right here on the podcast. You know, and people see it. Oh yeah, so that'll be good. Yeah, you gotta you gotta start making some male crop tops. <laughs> Midriffs, man. Yeah, belly <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm gonna, like, I gotta start. I was thought the other day, I was like, man, I'm gonna start wearing some crop tops and like jorts and shit. Just, just show up on the podcast. Just be obnoxious. A- you know, just- <laughs> cool. All right, man. Well, we do appreciate you coming on. This mm-hmm. has been good. We, I want you to come back on again, maybe someday in person. Would yeah. be fucking awesome. Dude, I, I would fucking love an excuse to get up there to, to, to Idaho, man. And I would, I, I would love to just excuse to just hang out with you guys. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Likewise. Yeah. 